Welcome to another podcast. This time it's a collaboration with me and Woody, uh, who I've interviewed once and he's interviewed me before. His name, name of his podget, podcast is Courage uh, Over Convention. Uh, and the name of my podcast is Crazy Wisdom. And uh, both kind of uh, very, uh, sounds like the, both of those things are, are very, uh, I don't know, collaborative. What's the best word for that? Yeah, kind of heady and collaborative, I think. Yeah. <laughs> both describes. Yeah. So uh, welcome, and uh, let's get started, because you want to talk about free will, and I'm, I'm imagining that uh, you uh, you know, are on the other side of the camp from me, uh, and I, I'm not even very clear on my own thoughts on uh, free will, but I'm yeah, we glad. Could very well be, we could be inhabiting the same camp then, my friend. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm not convinced one way or the other, but uh, yeah, I, I've uh, just to kind of relate this back to you know, a conversation we had on your show um, that really focused around Alfred Adler, you know, who, who pushes folks to overcome insecurity, you know, develop a deeper, deeper sense of connectedness and, and sort of redirect one's lust for um, significance and impact into more socially beneficial directions. Uh-huh. You know, at the core of that idea is, you know, teleology, which in spirit is this sort of indeterminist um, pro free will um, behaviorist to use a Sapolsky term uh, type of a type of an outlook and it, it is a bit at odds with you know some other thinkers that I'm inclined to agree with on some points you know the the four horsemen of uh, new atheism you know like uh, Daniel Dennett and uh, Sam Harris and and the like um, but uh, you know I, I think there's actually room. I think there's room for some free will and and room for God even um, within the context of a more determinist outlook, just to kind of give my view right there off the top. Mm. Um, mm. A lot of this, a lot of this, um, you know, in, in, in kind of re-researching one of my favorite uh, uh, philosophers, uh, David Hume, and kind of where he stands on the issue, I often find that I stand pretty close to him on, on most things. Um, and th- this case was, was a little bit different in that he's a compatibilist, um, and kind of, kind of supports this creed that, um, you know, as, as Arthur Schopenhauer once said, you know, uh, man can do what he wills, but cannot will what he wills. Um, <laughs> so it's, it's sort of like your motive is determined, right. And you're, you're, uh, and yet the, the sort of the nature, uh, the nature of that motive's manifestation is not determined. Um, That's what I get the sense is that there's this. So, you know, like drug addiction or um, anything that we do that we don't want to do um, that we know part of us knows isn't isn't a good idea for us to be doing, but we do it anyway. Um and I, I don't think there's a human on this planet who is 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 out of that. I think I think it's kind of a a, a very well distributed thing. And so, like when anybody tries to change their behavior, they're not wishing for them to stop doing it. They're wishing for to get the like not have the desire to do it, basically. Because the only problem is the desire in the moment to do it. It's not mm-hmm. really the doing it part. It's like that, that thing in your head that pops up and be like, Oh, but, but what if I, what if I smoke a little bit of this now? Or what if I, and it doesn't, it's not only for substances either. It's like, it's also for identities. So, um, you know, anger, 
or in identities run on emotions. Like there's like an emotional flavor of the identity that we, we adopt and stuff like that. And so when it, when it comes to free will and kind of agency or anything like that, for me personally, just through my own experience, when I consider these things that I don't, you know, like eating certain foods or something like that, it's not, it's not so much the food that's the issue, but it's like this, this whole emotional ego complex. And for me, a, a kind of a convention or a heuristic or a, a helpful attitude that I take is basically that it's, it's just like, it's like sur- surrendering that to lack of a better word, God. Um, and, uh, that's the only free will there is basically. And, and, you know, and when I talk about that, a lot of people have maybe negative reactions to, because they think that I'm trying to sell them on this idea of God and this belief structure. And, and it's, it's not really that it's like, it's just like, uh, something more powerful than me. And that's, you know, that's, sort of God as the cosmic mystery, as opposed to hmm. God as the, you know, the lawgiver and the writer of rules. Is that hmm. what you're driving at or? Yeah, that, yeah. that's right. Yep. Yeah. That's interesting. I, I, I tend to, um, side with you in, in, in that, um, I think if Hume, Hume stuck to his guns more in terms of, you know, him being a skeptic, which he seems to faithfully apply that framework to all other spheres of discussion uh he would he would take more of a position of hey look you know if if as sapolsky says you know free will is simply biology that has not been discovered yet i listened to that link you sent me that was a great great little talk there um if if that truly is the case um you know that's one thing but that's uh that's a faith structure in and of itself um simply by saying it's beyond the realms of biology, but it will someday be within the realm of biology <laughs> is, is uh, there's no grounds to believe that. And it's, you know, David Hume has said, you know, about gravity, there's no proof that, you know, you throw a ball up in the air next time it's going to come down. Um, and yet he does not apply it in this case and frustrates me a little bit because, uh, you know, I've always admired uh, Hume for his sort of meat and potatoes type outlook on, on philosophy, but, um, I, 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 I tend to side with you in that, you know, sure the box, the box has been reduced in terms of what free will can mean, um, by the likes of Robert Sapolsky, you know, who goes from, you know, seconds beforehand where, you know, I love how he organizes his book where it's, you know, seconds beforehand, you know, it, it's up to, you know, how high is your testosterone? How much energy is your, your, um, glucose is your brain getting, you know, things of that nature. And then, you know, hours before it's even more to do with your testosterone, cortisol, you know, oxytocin levels. Uh, and then, you know, even prior to that, it's cultural influence. And he kind of, that book, it just gives you the whole freaking, you know, uh, kitchen sink in terms of what goes into our, our, what seem to be our, uh, uh, deliberate decisions. Um, and so, yes, I mean, I, I have to admit that, uh, folks like Sam Harris and, and others who, who find no, no room for, uh, anything but determin determinism and, and, you know, saying for, for the listeners out there that it's simply the, the philosophy that, you know, everything is causal and, uh, uh and free will simply doesn't exist. Uh, mm-hmm. I admit that there's some, some credence there according to Sapolsky, cause you know, his work is compelling to me, but. I don't think at bottom he is yet rectified this idea that we don't understand, uh, we don't understand, uh, what is it? The, uh, 
qualia you know we don't we don't understand what the you know quantum mechanics in full you know there's there's boundaries of of biology that we're we haven't yet uh, crossed into so and so this this brings up something really interesting for me uh so i've taken this plant medicine called iboga and iboga is um uh works but we don't know why it works and i find it so interesting that we're learning so much about biochemistry from cannabis from studying cannabis from studying all these different things you know they they found this whole new system in the body called the endocannabinoid system uh based on studying what what cannabis does and and you know the, the system we didn't even know about the system and it's like this really really ancient system and we all of a sudden now we know about it but we still don't know tons about it and so you know every every expert that goes into these things you know it's like, I think some of them get blinded as well. And so Iboga is something that has like, you know, 50 alkaloids. And one of them has been shown to basically take away the withdrawal process from heroin. Mm -hmm. uh, and so somebody is, can take this medicine uh, right before they're going to start going through this two to three week gnarly withdrawal from heroin. Uh, and it will interrupt the heroin process and, or the withdrawal process, like totally interrupt it. They'll They'll go through this 12 hour just nightmare journey um, where they see everything that happened in their life and see why they are the way they are and all these other things. And then they wake up from it and their neurons have been reset um, and uh, and they're clear. Um, and so I listened to this this doctor who's trying to medical doctor researcher who's trying to figure out, like, how does it do it? How do how do how do how do how does this this plant have what's the mechanism of action? And so and he starts by saying that there is no placebo when it comes to heroin withdrawal. The iboga definitely can't be a placebo because there's nothing else that like a human yeah. being has to, it's karmic law. Like you, you have Heroin's to like a heroin. nuke, right? Yeah. What's that? Heroin's like a nuke of a drug. Um, yes. Yeah. And the withdrawal process is just, it is, it, it, there is no way around it. It's just right. like. There, right. it, it is the thing, except for Iboga. Uh, and, uh, and, and so the first order of the chemical changes, we have no idea. Uh, the first order, he said that basically the first order, and maybe I should get the video so that other people can watch it, but the first order of neurochemistry doesn't explain the process. And so there's something else that's going on in the second order. So like somebody like Sapolsky, you know, is like clearly an expert, clearly knows way, way, way more than I do about, about biochemistry. But everybody like to say that 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 he's right in all these different ways because like everybody gets proven wrong in these fields over time right and, yep. and like some things stay over time like you know darwin's has been unchallenged for quite a long time now um so it's just interesting what do you think about that no i totally agree i mean that that just adds additional credence to uh, my prior point about you know something that's beyond the frontier of our understanding uh, it's that much more reliant on faith to, you know, make assertions, um, or even, you know, uh, con any, any kind of conjecture about, you know, what might be the case. I think it's, uh, incredibly hubristic to do that, uh, considering, you know, to your point, uh, every, every famous scientist of the past has, has been proven, uh, proven in, in myriad ways to be highly incorrect um on on certain matters um and and legit legitimate matters at that so yeah it's just yet another and and we're sort of getting into metaphysics on top of that it's not this is not really all physical science that we're talking about you know that, yeah that's the that's the main interesting thing i find is that somewhere along the way that i think people got the idea that psychology should be a science 
Um, and I'm not so sure that psychology should be a science because as you said, we don't understand qualia. Like basically every, everything that's we're speaking about has come through this filter, this subjective filter. Um, and we can't really speak of an objective reality that hasn't been perceived through a subjective filter. Um, and we don't understand that subjective filter. Like we don't, uh, like it hasn't been like, to my knowledge, it hasn't been explained like, like there's no, there's no overarching neuroscientific understanding of, 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 of like, like how the brain creates consciousness. Like it just doesn't exist. And I, I think there's a lot of people out there who, maybe out of fear um, because they want something to hold on to. And they, you know, we're in this age where we've discovered all these things and we've taken over the planet and, and, you know, it's like um, we must be right. And, 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 and I don't know, there's a lot of, a lot of, a lot of hubris as you say going on. Um, and I, th- and I think that's partly just, I don't know, it was like specialization, people becoming highly specialized in fields and, and, and not being able to connect it to the whole, you know, cause we could get into, uh, COVID on that situation too. It's just like a clear, um, a clear limit of specialization. hundred uh, oh, percent. Epi- epi- epidemiologists and all that. Yeah, no, I, I couldn't agree more. The, um, the specialization, even with regard to how, how, um, philosophers in this field of, um, you know, the, 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 the what's it called? Uh, the science or the philosophy of neuroscience, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it, it, people are bucketed into these different labels. You know, you have your libertarians uh, unaffiliated with the political movement. Um, then you have, you know, your your uh, your compatibilists, and then your determinists. And I, I I think they're missing a whole swath um, of people who you know compatibilists um, like Hume and, and the like, and uh, David Dennett. You know, they they say. Dennett, for example, says, you know, that these unconscious processes, well, those are us, you know, that's, that's us. Um, and therefore, even if they're unconscious processes that deliver these outputs, which are several different potential decisions, and then, you know, we make, we activate the system two, which, you know, to use a Kahneman term, you know, the, the system two processes to, you know, initiate some deliberate thought and make a choice. Um, and we are that entire process, so we shouldn't alienate that part of us and and discard it as if you know that wasn't mm-hmm. part of our will, our authored will. And uh, and then you know the likes of Sam Harris would say you know that's a bait and switch. Um, you know it's just an interesting discourse. He says it's a bait and switch because yes, for example, you know we are stardust, but we don't feel like stardust. And the argument isn't about whether we are unconscious processes it's whether our will is really free and and our feeling of free will is what we mean when we talk about free will so we're, it gets into the minutiae of defining uh, first of all what we mean by free will and it's it's uh made all the more difficult by this to, to your you know comments about over specialization i think it, ex- it extends into the field itself uh, and this gets me thinking about like whether delusion is, you know, beneficial to species, like the idea that maybe free will is like, even if it doesn't exist, if we really, really peer into it, I mean, and I would say that no, nothing really exists if we start to peer into it in the same way. There's like a kind of a little bit of a, 
emptiness of all phenomena. It's like if you peer into the chair, um, you know, the chair exists, but the way that I see the chair is not, is not the way the chair is. It's like, it's, you know, a a delusion basically, but maybe this whole idea of, of, um, of free will is just like something that's really, really helpful for us to not go crazy in a world that is, uh, trying to kill us at all times. Um, or, you know, like that, that, that is, you know, dangerous or what, I don't know. What, what do you think? Yeah, it's a very, uh, sort of Hoffman, uh, mm-hmm. you know, the, the case against reality. Um, you know, some of the, the spirit of what he wrote in that book, you, you kind of touched on there and I, I totally agree with you. It, it, it makes, it makes the conversation, you know, all the more frustrating for me in, in sort of a, well, more, all the more interesting to me rather. Uh, and, but I, at the end of the day, it makes me want to throw my hands up and say, look, I don't know. Um, and I, I'm, I remain hopeful, um, you know, that, uh, that, that, you know, I have volition and I have agency in, in, in some, uh, in, in some significant way, uh, way. but, uh, yeah, I mean, the fact that we could be living in, in a turtle's dream or this could be, um, you know, a, a fancy game of Sims being played by a future human, um, or, or some other species of evolved homo sapien. Um, these are all possibilities that we, we can't disprove. So all of this and, is an enormous faith structure. It all is. And it, and it seems like you're, you know, you're similar to me in the sense that you want to kind of come to the truth of the matter. Uh, and none of this really, I think if you get down to it, none of it really, really matters, uh, in, in that truth inquiry, like it's all kind of infotainment for the brain. Uh, to yep. talk about, you know, oh, we have free will, we don't have free will. What does it mean? All, all that different stuff. Like, because there's this, this, you know, you exist right now. I exist, um, and we talked about this last time. That that there is, I, I'm like, it is self evident for me that I exist. Um, and and I'm that, taking that leap of faith that we both exist. Like, I yeah, and, and that you, yeah, and that, yeah, that you exist as well, and that you have this feeling. And so, you know, the it, and to go back to the kind of the. The more Indian uh, branches of philosophy, it's just like, forget that objective reality. You know, it's there, it's there, not there. Free will exists, free will doesn't exist. Forget all that and just like tune into that feeling that you exist. And there's like this just like brilliant, shining light that that comes from more more and more refined awareness of the awareness itself. Because um, you you the way that you tap into that existence is, is through your awareness because you're aware all the time. Um, you're, you're aware during the day all the time, it's unbroken, there's unbroken chains. Um, and even when you go to sleep, uh, you know, the body doesn't die when you go to sleep, right? The tape's still playing. Yeah. yeah, It's, you're still there. You're still there, but you don't have any memory. You don't have any of these other things, but the, the, you exists in that, uh, in that whole time. And so just, you know, forget all this and vibe. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm with that hundred percent. I think that's a, that's a healthy way of, of manip- sort of manipulating the conversation. And I don't mean that in a uh, pejorative way. Um, but another author that I probably lean too much on, I just enjoy his work so much is, is Yuval Noah Harari. Uh, and in one of the final chapters of his book, again, the worst title of all time, 21 lessons for the 21st century, <laughs> he, uh, he asserts, you know, that, that free will is in fact an illusion, which you know, again, we, we both seem to take some issue with, but uh, he asserts that that's the case and that uh, consciousness is simply, uh, you know, biology sufficiently 
you know, complexly uh, aligned, I guess. Um, that, was, that was horribly stated, but that's kind of what he's saying. And he, but he says it's not all bad. You know, it, 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 A, it makes you more compassionate towards murderers and the like. Um, because, you know, and Sapolsky would support this to some extent. I mean, uh, these criminals are, are matters of circumstance in many ways. And so uh, when they're saying that, like, they're, so that you, you keep on using the word deterministic for Eval and um, Sapolsky and all these guys. Uh, so they're basically saying that um, everything's causal. Yeah. And you had, and you, you know, he just said that it, it's, it makes you more compassionate. And so my question was like, well, what makes you more compassionate? And, it's, and so then I, I guess, so it's, it's the, the information. So it all depends on the information you consume, but then it goes into a loop because then it's like, who's choosing the information that you're consuming? You know, don't you have a choice between the information that you consume? Like, you know, chicken uh, and the egg, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. So I, I think the, from the moment you're born, I think, you know, Sapolsky would, would, would argue, and I think you've all, if he was, you know, as eloquent on, on this topic or spent as much topic, he would say the same. You're, you know, you're, you have no, you have no say over your genetic makeup. Um, and you have no say really over your, um, over what your personal reality is and, and uh, and sort of what you choose to absorb in terms of information or, or even the decisions that you you make it's just a, a sort of a synaptic uh, synaptic storm within your brain um, that you're getting tossed around in and uh, and so from from that perspective they're they're deterministic because you know either it's randomness or it's causal and in either case there's no where's the freedom in that you know, if it's just random processes, there's no freedom. And if it's, uh, and, and if it's all determined by, by prior causes, there's no, um, there's no freedom in that either. So it, that, that's kind of whether I consider them to be in that camp. And it seems that this is kind of based on the fact that, you know, modern society has, God is dead and there, and because God is dead, also the soul doesn't exist. Uh, there is no soul, there is no spirit, there is no individual spirit that exists past, past life. Uh, and, uh, this is really interesting cause I also dabble in new age philosophy. Um, and, uh, oftentimes, uh, in serious, you know, serious, uh, materialist circles, it's like you get, you get, a uh, you get, uh, banished for even bringing up the new age. And I, but I like, um, you know, I'm after whatever kind of works for my life and, and, uh, and a lot of new age beliefs are bullshit. Not all new age beliefs are bullshit. But even what mm -hmm. I'm about to say, like, I don't really believe it. I just, it's something that I've been confronted with because I just like, you know, I'm, I'm intensely curious. So I find myself down these rabbit holes and, and uh, one of the rabbit holes is, uh, and I can't even put it in a category. I don't even know which category it is, but it's like some people in the new age um, area say that we absolutely, before we are born into this body that we choose, uh, we choose our birth, we choose and that, that our families are karmically perfect for us, um, that they, that they, you know, bring out exactly what, what we need to see in order to learn the lessons. And I guess, I guess the overarching thing is that, that, it, you know, what is the point of life? And these guys would say basically that the point of life is to learn and evolve. Um, and, uh, and, uh, and, but that, the, 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 I think the, the main positive is that there is an individual soul that gets reborn, uh, uh, over lifetimes and they're, they're based, the, uh, I'll even give the, the name of the authors. I feel a little bit, um, uh, I don't know, cause it is the new age and I've come from this materialist community and that I've now 
declared seppuku against and uh, um, and kind of sacrificed uh, my, a lot of my relationships based on COVID. And so the author is named David Hawkins, and he uh, wrote this book called Power Versus Force um, and uh, the difference between power versus force and and uh, and and then it's a part of a trilogy, which which is 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 pretty good, but it's also pretty trippy. Um, and uh, so you know, it's like the the soul basically, you know, they, they like they believe that everybody gets or that everybody has a point at which you know they they die in the past life and then they they um, they basically choose. So we choose which place we're going to. And the idea is is that we when we really get down to it, our inner nature, the self or no self uh, is awareness and this awareness is God. Um, and so uh, uh, in, at our true nature, we are uh, unlimited, perfect beings, uh, but we want to experience imperfection. So we come down uh, uh, and we want to experience imperfection and ignorance about our own perfection uh, so that we can appreciate per- perfection more. <laughs> Um, and, uh, and so then, uh, and, uh, and so then we go through these lives and then, and then that's the awakening thing is that some people get, you know, totally, truly see the awareness, the awareness of the awareness and stay with that until they become totally saturated in it, uh, for their entire lives. And that's what somebody would be in a fully awakened being. Um, and so this is the kind of new age thing that, that is like, wouldn't even be taken seriously in, in any sort of, uh, uh, Sam Harris discussion, cause it would just be kind of laughed out. Uh, before, before it goes, which, we don't which is know. a weakness, which is a weakness of his. Exactly. Yeah. Um, well, it's, it's a weakness of anybody who's stuck in the materialist framework. Agreed. And I mean, and, but that's the whole in group out group thing. It's just like, it's, it's, you know, we always make in groups. Um, and it's like, even though we've shown through 2000 years of history, the more you do the in group thing, it's like, but Sapolsky gets into this too. And I've learned a lot from Sapolsky about, about um, the, when we're speaking from, like the dorsal lateral prefrontal cortex, then cognition holds sway. And then we're really, really much more compassionate towards the outgroup. Uh, but when we're in the intuition, the, the VM gets right to the amygdala, right? And yeah, uh, yeah the shortcut he talks about, I thought that was a fascinating um, uh, exploration as well. I, I wanted to, I didn't mean to jump in. I, I wanted okay. to touch on something you, you said, which I, I, um, I think, you know, in talking about, in talking about, you know, the soul um, and, and, and sort of whether the soul exists, I, I think there's room for, for frankly, for atheists, for agnostics, for and Catholics, for any kind of Christian, you know, any faith structure, um, and they all are faith structures. Uh, I think there's room for all, all of them because I, I don't think it, A, I don't think it matters to the determinist's view whether a soul exists because... Uh, you wouldn't have chosen the soul, so <laughs> you, you're sort of you're sort of a victim of circumstance, regardless. Um, but I think what they fit. So there's all this focus based on sort of choice generation, uh, mm-hmm. what leads up to our final decision, and there's there's not enough focus on the holes in the actual execution of the choice itself. Uh, uh, and I think that to me is where there's tremendous room for free will for God, um, in, in both the, in both the cosmic mystery sense or, or, you know, perhaps in the, in the lawgiver sense. Um, I, you know, I think nothing can be ruled out because of the, the, the holes in that, that kind of edge of, of, of biology, um, biology. Um, and, you know, I, I haven't heard a convincing argument to the contrary. 
Um, so it's, it's just kind of interesting how these, these, um, these really smart people, they, they really are just in this, this cat fight over something that to me answers a 10th of the question, you know, uh-huh. um, it does, it does, you know, bring to light the distinct, um, probability in my eyes that we're not free in the sense that we think we are. And we're not free in the sense that, yeah, we're not free in the sense that we perceive we're free on a day-to-day basis. Yeah. Um, you know, when we're not in, in a deliberate thinking mode, like you and I are right now, you know, I can think about this for maybe five seconds at a clip. Um, and, and I do notice that I'm actually more altruistic. Um, and I, I, I feel lucky for, for, you know, what I've achieved as opposed to like, it's somehow I deserve more, you know, um, it's a, I'm a matter of circumstance and, and if I had a tumor pressed up against my amygdala, I'd be a violent criminal, you know, mm. and there's no, it's just a roll of the dice. And so it does make me more compassionate and I can mm. manipulate this feeling in a, in a self-serving way. When I make a mistake, I can say, look, mm. I, cu- I couldn't have chosen otherwise that presupposes that I have agency over you know, my options, uh, the options that come to mind. And, and I, mm. so I can use both sides of the argument and I kind of cheat. I, 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 I don't have any problem with cognitive dissonance apparently. Um, <laughs> so that's, that's just a, a tip for being happier for, for those out there be a, uh, you know, just use it, use it when it makes sense, but uh, don't obsess about it. This kind of gets into something that's really interesting about certainty because I feel like the wrong people are certain and the, 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 the people that we want more input from are uncertain. But I think everybody sh- could do with a little bit more uh, epistemolo- epistemological uncertainty because, mm-hmm. um, you know, like we have our actions throughout our day and those actions end up becoming who we are. Uh, and you know, whether we have free will or we don't have free will, it's like, we still have like actions about like, whether we pay for the, the, the trash to, and, you know, come and pick up the trash or what, all these, all these like little things that we just have to kind of do. Um, and so for certainty, for those things, certainty in this, in the sense of like what tasks I need to do for, for the day. And maybe even like, you know, like into terms of career and other things like that, when we face these big decisions of like, um, do I hire this person? Do I choose this business partner? Um, these are like really, really big decisions that they it's like, but then once we make the decision, then we've got to like, then we got to follow through with the decision. And then it's like these cascading, um, kind of just like doors that we pass through and, you know, we don't, we never know the other person. Like we're, we're, we're like, this is something I think a lot about is like the, the metaphor for, uh, predators as humans, because now we don't face any animal predators. We only face predators in the human sense. And we re- and humans are really, really good. Some humans are really good at hiding who they really are um, and, and uh, you know, creating false impressions, false names, false, all these different things and like doing some really gnarly shit and keeping that hidden from everyone. That's like, like, it's not really, really common, but it is common in the business world. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so it's like, I just went in a whole bunch of random places that I don't really remember my point, but, uh, there is a, you know, it's like, so it's but with certainty. So it's like, it's really bad sometimes to be certain and it's really good sometimes to be certain. Uh, but I think we could all do with a little bit more uncertainty. <laughs> I, mean, I think, I think what, uh, all your supporting points were solid in that you're, you're talking about how, you know, even 
even, you know, on an introspective basis, we're seeing the tip of the iceberg, you know, the, the, uh, neuronal, the neuronal uh, processes and mechanisms going on behind the scenes, you know, make up the majority of our brain activity and we're completely unaware of them, of the mechanics or, or the uh, externalities of them. So to, to, to have hubris about, uh, you know, who other people are uh, on a base level um and even who who you are yeah. on a really <laughs> on base level is 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 it's just um well you haven't you haven't read enough books um, you know and, or uh, even inquired into even asked yourself the question it's, it's this is the craziest thing that i'm i'm figuring out in the, the last couple years is just like you know if if i ask myself the question what is the uh, square root of 5062 uh, I'm not going to get that answer. But if I ask myself the question, what, uh, why? I wish I could have nailed that, by the way. Just <laughs> change, change the conversation significantly. But uh, <laughs> uh, what, uh, what, uh, so if I ask myself the question, uh, what is the ego program running this behavior that I really want to do, but I know that it, I shouldn't do? If I really want to know the answer, I can know the answer to that. But it's mm-hmm. kind of different depending on, on, on the, the level of clarity that I, that I, that I, that I want. And, and this is the thing going back to that kind of new age uh, group that I was talking about. Um, they say absolute clarity is here, but you have to give up desire. You have to give up attachment um, uh, because it's the attachment to the drama of not knowing. And this gets back to the certainty and the uncertainty. It's like, but like, but of the certainty of who you are, because they're like, even though I can't tell you exactly who I am and I, and I surprise myself all the time, I know, I know that I exist and I know that I have awareness and I know that that chain of awareness has been unbroken since I was born. And they mm-hmm. would say that it's part of God and that that is also, that's infinite. Uh, um, so, you know, like, so, the, so we can just ask ourselves questions and like, we can, like most of it's, mo- most of the really important questions that we want to understand, we can, we can, we can get a relatively good understanding of, of what's going on inside of us. Uh, it's harder to get an understanding of what's going on in other people. But even then, I think there's some clarity as well. You know, people often, often, no matter how good they are, are at hiding. Uh, they are, they also leave signals as well. Uh, oftentimes unconscious. This kind of gets into other things as well as like, how much can we turn the unconscious into the conscious and how much can we be, uh, aware of our own shadow? Um, I don't know if you have any thoughts on that. Yeah, I wanted. To, I'll, I'll first say, I, I was, I was, uh, I wanted to whoop, 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 uh, on your on your comments right there because uh, I found that you know, first off, you know, with our whole conception of, of what life is and what it means to be human at stake, you know, why is this question so sparsely discussed? I mean, it 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 seems to me that it should be it should be a main question in high school courses. I mean, pe- people should be exploring this. It's a, it, it's an exploration, no matter how far you get um, and whatever side of the, this dice you fall on in terms of how you rectify um, your, your thoughts about the unknown, um, the, the, your ego naturally pushes a back, pushes back against this, yeah. this question with vigor. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, you got to learn folks have to learn to, you know, say, fuck the ego and, 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 and face the question with eyes open and say, damn the torpedoes, man, I'm trying I'm to figure this out as best I can. And, 
and uh, and and just be have have some have some uh, uh, some some uh, well, the opposite of hubris. Have some freaking uh, uh, be humble. Yes, yeah, some humility and 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 uh, you know accept accept what you put out, but but um, you know convictions loosely held. Um, hmm. To to talk about your 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 um, inquiry there, yeah, I, I, that's super interesting to me as as a potential future outcome. I can't remember the the futurist who was talking. It was somebody I respected, um, just talking about how that's that's really going to be when uh, in 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 sort of the 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 Yuval um, Yuval second book where he talks about you know how eventually we'll evolve into another species of homo sapiens and this wealth disparity is going to uh, essentially turn into you know the superhumans versus the homo sapiens and uh, um and it's a very interesting discussion um but this futurist was kind of saying uh, actually the real kicker is not it's not going to be tech and biotech uh, kind of coming together to produce these cyborg you know um awesome you know uh, genetically engineered people it's actually going to be that some people are going to have access to the subliminal in in profound ways that, that the rest of the population does not. So, uh, uh, and it was a compelling argument. I, you know, I, I don't know much. I don't know nearly enough about. Well, it's uh, really funny because I wasn't I wasn't talking about technology. I was talking about like in this process that Adler and Freud and all these mm -hmm. other guys kind of came up with, and also some of these new age people as well. That. Um, uh, you can you can do it right now if you want to, and actually iboga is like one of the best medicines for that. They, the the buiti, the people who who discovered it and turned it into something, are uh, call it um, uh, the greatest hunter for the truth. Uh, and let me tell you that that twelve hours, I, I didn't do it for drugs. I did it for psycho spiritual. What's called psycho spiritual investigation into the nature of my own being, and uh, those twelve hours kind of incontrovertibly show you that the nature of reality is not at all what 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 we are told led to believe by uh and so like there, there are ancient technologies that are like plant-based um and also psychotechnologies that are that psilocybin and, and yeah. the like yeah, yeah. And, and all but and also just you don't need any of that either you just have to want to know the truth um yeah. and uh, and, but want, want to know the truth. It's like, that's a, it's a, it's a big thing. Cause once you know the truth, you can't go back. There's, 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 it's like the curiosity killed the cat. Like, um, uh, once you know, once you really, really know why you do those things, you stop doing those things. Um, and, uh, at least that's in my, my experience. Um, and so, but, but then you brought the technology into it, which kind of adds another layer to it. Um, and I, it would be my humble, uh, guess that, those of us who practice these things, who get really, really solid on our own epistemology, um, will be able to handle the the stress from adopting that type of technology. Um, and uh, that, because uh, it, it goes back to the human again, because it's like, I think, I think about this a lot of all these technologies that I use in my everyday life, which ones enhance my life, which ones take away from my life. Um, you know, I've now developed a way of using Twitter for myself that works really well. And you have people, been, you've been a thought leader in that space, to be honest. It's definitely a nascent, yeah. a nascent kind of a topic. And uh, you, you've said a bunch of valuable things there. Just wanted to mention that. What do you mean? Oh, uh, just in terms of the stuff you've said on your on your podcast. Um, mm. You know, I, I was struck by the mm. profundity of, of you know, simply saying that you use Twitter as a note taking device. Um, that was just that was just <laughs> so, uh, uh, you know, it just hit me as such, such a unique and useful um, outlook. Um, it was just sort of a, a degaff 
um, you know, but really, I mean, it's, it's highly entertaining at the same time because yeah. people get it. access into your sort of stream of consciousness and your unfiltered views, you know, it, it's, it takes a lot of bravery and, but you get maximum or, feedback. Or stupidity. Yeah, well, um. <laughs> uh, no, well, man, you're, 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 you're uh, yeah, I don't know. You're, you're resulting on recent, uh, uh, maybe recent discussions, but, um, Hey man, you're, you're, you, you live like an open book and, yeah, uh, I, I, I certainly admire it. So this is something um, I've, I've, I've been thinking about because uh, uh, and I just posted a video about it today, uh, which is so, you know, the book, the book was the main way that we've transferred knowledge for the last couple thousand years. Um, and then that the, that technology has been improved, improved, improved with, you know, the printing press was kind of like a sea change for for that for that technology and it's you know came to the until the 1970s and the 1970s started this you know it was, it was called actually the new age you know new age was was actually a uh, publishing like a lot of the new age is bullshit because it was part of this new uh kind of publishing of thought leadership which turned into all these magazines as well and like and like in the internet the internet's kind of part of that because it all came from the the these these hippies in silicon valley who were also experimenting with a lot of psychedelics and and so it's like um, and so, but the book now is, is being rebundled, um, into basically all, all media, uh, cause it's like videos, podcasts, all these different things. And like right now we're both treating each other as books, you know, I'm, when you're sitting in the, on the East coast, I'm on the West coast three hours away. Um, and we're kind of learning in this really unique way that opens up just like tons of avenues for, for what learning really means. Um, and Amen. it's and it also it, it was born with the Greeks, right? And and it's funny mm -hmm. how how cyclical that is. Uh, you know, the Socratic um, Socratic form of, of and Adlerian form of having discussions. Um, you know, with not not necessarily like minded folks. You know, I, we huh. we, de we depart on 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 topics in in material ways, but it's it's coming. You find common truths when you you know, examine deeply and, and, and discuss openly and honestly. Yeah. I, I couldn't agree more. It's yeah, to me, it's the and most that's gonna, so, And so that's a question for you. What do you think this, like, what do you think that's that role that's going to have? What do you think the effect of this new way of learning will play into what you talked about that transhumanism type of thing? Cause it, for, so I'll, I'll give a little more preface. Like the, to me, it's the people who are most likely to become the transhumanists are the ones who can uh, successfully adopt these extremely stressful technologies uh, mm -hmm. in, a, in a way that 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 has become de-stressed and and for my personal take the way that I'm actually doing this because you know a couple five years ago ten years ago there was essentially a choice uh, where where you enter this world or you completely forget about it and you get off the grid um, and and go live your life the way that humans in the previous did but I think we're I'm I might now be beyond the point of return, um, in terms of, of, of doing this, uh, and then kids, you know, kids growing up right now, particularly now with COVID that they're on the internet all the fucking time. Um, yeah, or gaming. And, yeah. Yeah. And so, uh, so it's like the, we're assimilating into the Borg and the people who can survive with their mental health intact, I think are, are the ones who are owning their own shadow, who are, who are mm. trying to make the unconscious conscious it, with these tools that have been used for thousands of years, like, like, or plant medicines and like, 
and all these different things to prepare for because it's gonna it's not getting less stressful. I think that's like one prediction I'm willing to stand behind. It's not gonna get less stressful. It's gonna get more Couldn't stressful. Agree more. Couldn't agree yeah. more. I, and I, I I think it a hundred percent the things that you're saying are 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 going to exacerbate this this delineation between um, the haves and the have nots. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you know already what is what does money buy you really? It, it buys you free time. Um, and it buys you the ability to explore things that that you can't monetize directly. Um, Mm. you don't have to trade your labor for currency. Um, and, uh, the, the haves, the, the true haves, um, can explore these things and Mm. and explore the ego and the self and, and, you know, try the the particular drug that I'm going to have to get my hands on after the show. (laughs) Um, and, you know, experiment for, for weeks, finding themselves and, and thinking about these things, you know, I think that's always that, that's, that's always the way it's worked too, because because like that's if you look at every golden age, it's always in the golden age. That's when this kind mm-hmm. of people people have always always had these realizations, always had these awakenings. But the only time that they've actually written them down and discussed them is in the middle of, of and like had them flourish is in the middle. Pax of Romana and yeah, when when wealth is is extreme um, in, yeah. in a given nation, that's where the yeah. yeah that's where these leaps forward come from. So, and then to your point about COVID, I think it's a, it's a, it's a nice little microcosm of, of what might occur with those who, that with the have nots, you know, the uh, McDonald's stock is doing just fine. Um, you know, there's the people are, are, you know, e- eating more, drinking more, uh, the video games, you know, yeah. uh, just off the charts. Uh, you know, I, I was reading about porn usage, obviously, and, uh, divorce rates, all the, all this stuff, there's strife with, you know, know, monetary strife within families causing divorce. You know, these are, these are, these are time consuming and, um, you know, garbage in garbage out into your brain. So I think there's those, there's that element. And then on top of that, you know, you talked about the stress of, of absorbing the self or the subconscious into the conscious. Um, I agree that that would be an immensely stressful, um, exercise, but those those haves you know the 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 bezos fuck you money guys you know genetic engineering baby you know bang bang there's there's stuff they can do to their brain or you know something i'm so so skeptical of it though i'm so skeptical you know with the zika virus um when they started to kill all the mosquitoes and then you know the mosquitoes came back in this in this crazy way like i am so skeptical that we think we will have as much control over the human um evolution we don't we can't even the second order effects that like for a bogo we don't even know why, why it's doing the thing that we that, that we we just know it's doing it right. and it's the same thing with every other medicine it's like the the kind of like you know they're just like well this thing like kind of works like doing this one random thing but we, we don't really know what happens long term you know we know that maybe the physical manifestations of this of the side effects are like these these things and you know it's probably a good thing but then like free will well, what does that do to our free will what does it do to our sensory experience um and like i'm so skeptical that yeah i think rightfully is- so i think rightfully so i mean i throw, I throw that in as a second piece because it may it may come to fruition you know that you've all sort of uh, dystopian outlook, um, uh, you know, with biotech and, and, and tech, uh, coinciding to create, you know, uh, superhumans essentially, you yeah. know, I think that that's, that's kind of re- relatively unnecessary for the real, uh, chasm to be created between these, these two, um, yeah, cause the chasm, chasm is already there. Chasm it's already there. And it, yeah. it worsens as, 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 uh, folks spend more time in, in a reflective 
um, non-stressed kind of mode um, like you and I are in at present. Um, and and you know, because, we're these conversations. Haves, because we're part of the haves, we can do this, right. which helps us prepare more for the future. Um, and it just compounds. Yeah, but then have have nots basically can't do this. They're eating uh, poorly. I mean, it's yeah. and which which you know, as Sapolsky would say, uh, it has an immense impact on the brain. You know, the body has a great impact on the brain, so it's yeah. uh, it, it definitely is is an issue. Uh, anyway, yeah. yeah, it's uh, it's a loaded a loaded discussion. I think I think at the end of the day, we we come down to. Um, there was one more thing on Sapolsky because I know you and I are both fans that I wanted to bring up. And, and I, again, it. I love, I love the uh, seconds to minutes uh, part of his, his book the most um, because of some of the, the social cues that subliminally we respond to. Um, and this is a, this is sort of, it mixes in with Kahneman's kind of um, uh, you know, psychology. Um, and, and it's probably why I like it. It's the, system one, the sort of autonomous thinking, um, engine, um, that allows your brain to preserve energy, um, picks up on these cues and, and actually and ends up impacting your behavior. So for example, you know, women, uh, taking the SAT, if they're in a predominantly male populated classroom, um, studies show, um, you know, that they are more primed to buy into the bullshit um, and let me be clear, the bullshit stereotype that women can't do math huh. and, and they actually perform po more poorly on the math section of the SAT. Um, and it was one after I read that white paper, I was like, I told my wife, our daughter's going to an all girls school. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, there's just no way I don't want one dude in the classroom, you know? Uh, so it, it, uh, it, it just, everything is so immensely context dependent and it's such a, it's such a cluster. Um, that, uh, so, and this goes back to the unconscious, uh, conscious thing too. Cause there are, what I was talking about with the making the unconscious conscious using these psychotechnologies. Uh, I think it's the chances that somebody would be able to make that particular, particularly as like an 18 year old or a 19 year old, uh, make that unconscious thing conscious, is really interesting. So I guess it also brings age into it as well, because age is traditionally, um, traditionally, but not always associated with wisdom um, uh, until a certain point as well. And like, um, and so for something like that, or for something like, I th and this goes back to the free will too, because Sapolsky also goes into how uh, white people have uh, immediate amygdala activation when they see black faces. Um, right. And uh, and so like, but he also says that that can be changed if you put information into the white people's heads that they can, they can, they can change that as well. So sufficient conditioning, right? Yeah. It's mm -hmm. self-identification for any race, just to be fair. Not, not that, not that we need to be fair to white males, but, um, yeah. but, um, but no, the, the shortcut, you know, from the thalamus to the amygdala, um, he does, he does kind of say that it can, you know, even, even in absence of conditioning, it does. Uh, it actually does lend itself to um, immediate PFC interference, you know, where you sort of, I think it's, it sort of ends up being a pretty unfair test of implicit biases um, with the exception of, well, um, because the PFC um, is prone to step in very quickly based on um, your, your sort of moral intuitions. Um, now, that being said, not quickly enough in certain cir social circumstances. You know, a guy pulls a phone out of his pocket and he gets shot. Mm -hmm. 
you know, this is, this is where it has real, um, really to say negative externalities doesn't, doesn't do it justice. Um, but, uh, but in terms of this sort of, um, social implications, uh, moral implications of it, uh, on a broader level. Yeah. I think it's, it's, it's definitely interesting, but yeah. Um, well, and, 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 and it, so, and that's the thing, a thing that's important for me to understand too, is just like in this realm of like self-work and self thing, there's also this line of like being in a human body. There's no, there's no way that I will get to all of my unconscious biases and right. to, to even try for that may be a complete waste of time. Um, but that doesn't mean the whole thing is a waste of time. And I think it's really, really important because I think like humility is like that's really the ticket because if you can be humble i'll give an example today so today i was in the um i've been doing this 30-day challenge to talk to strangers and it's gotten me into all sorts of weird conversations because i have a tendency to get into weird kinds of conversations already and that's partly why i don't like talking to strangers and that's why we get along buddy yeah exactly (laughs) really awkward conversations uh and uh and so i was sitting in the sauna today and there was an elderly woman uh, and probably in her sixties, but you know, healthy, vibrant. Um, uh, and so she, uh, was talking about XRP. And for those of you who don't know, XRP is a cryptocurrency that was, uh, gotten into some trouble with the SEC. Uh, and, but then, you know, she found out about it two weeks ago, I think through the news, I think the news started, started to talk about these things. And, and so she bought a bunch of XRP and since, uh, quadrupled in value, um, and so immediately my biases were, uh, what is this older person doing buying XRP? What the fuck is going on? She's going to get ripped off. She doesn't, doesn't know how to, yeah. how to do a hardware wallet, but she had, she had figured out how to put it all onto a hardware wallet. Uh, and so <laughs> she's like, like, yeah, she I got had... cold storage. What you talking about? Fool? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> she's like, Oh, okay. That that's, you know, that's a bias that. And, and she and covered so, your bill too. And, and, and yeah, exactly right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, she's gonna start giving me uh, giving me advice on what what little coins I should buy next time. But uh, but it's just like so many biases were just like completely. Uh, and I, I I was not humble. I was just like telling her like all these things that she already knew. Uh, and uh, and like you know it wasn't a high stake conversation. But there's I get into these situations all the time where I just have these biases and it's impossible. Like it's impossible to because the stereotyping must happen. We must stereotype because there's too much information coming into our senses. It like we have to stereotype in order to just kind of like cope with Function. the pure yeah. complexity of this world. Um, our brain has and, to be uh, lazy because it uses up what what is it thirty percent of our of our calories mm-hmm. already, and it's it's like a ten I forget what fraction of our weight it is, but it's it's the tremendous energy suck. So yeah, to your point, we, we need these these preconditioned biases uh, to save us save us time. Yeah, they're mm-hmm. immensely inaccurate, and that's why you know uh, when testosterone levels are you know when they're raised. Um, you know, in, in individuals that tend to, um, act more aggressively, act more aggressively, but that's, that really what happens with testosterone more generally is it, 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 it increases that shortcut from the thalamus to the amygdala and, um, and the amygdaloid, um, sort of interaction with, with the thalamus and, and you make increasingly inaccurate decisions, um, you know, just based on testosterone. Um, kind of being in your system. And that's, you know, that's the gambling, uh, kind of the gambling addict. It's the risk-taking addict, you know, when you're down and you, you know, you just, your, your, your aggression, your testosterone steps in when you're down and you, Mm. and you make these wild bets. Um, So I I want to, 
this gets into something I've always been curious about you and we've never talked about it. We've always been like going off on weird philosophical tangents, but yeah. you, 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 you started a business essentially betting, right? Is it, is it, is it okay to say that yeah. people, I mean, it's, a, it's, it's a, it's a, um, it's an informed, you know, uh, in, somewhat more informed betting. It's not roulette, but it's, it's more, <laughs> it's more poker than roulette. We'll put it that way. Uh huh. Interesting. And what do you do? What, what's your business? So investment management, um, and some financial planning, I think there's a lot of, um, bunk, um, kind of conventional wisdom, um, around uh, conventional wisdom in air quotes around how portfolios can and should be constructed. Um, and it's incredibly homogenous how, uh, how money is held, uh, from, you know, pensions to individuals, to institutions. I mean, you know, the same, the same things it's the, it's called, I call it the, the everyone portfolio and it's stocks and bonds. And it's based on the availability bias that bonds have offset stocks for the last 10 years. But in, in the last five years, they actually have not, they've been positively correlated and people are stuck in this, in this bias that, Oh, all we need is stocks and bonds, you know, whatever. And I'm, I'm much more, um, again, my agnosticism, (laughs) Uh, pervades even my portfolio construction. So that's kind of what I pitch to to clients who are willing to not follow um, kind of the conventional mm-hmm. route to uh, wealth generation and who can stomach trailing the S&P 500 or whatever the benchmark everyone's staring at on the news, uh-huh. um, trailing that by you know 15% in a given year and not killing me over it. Um, and just understanding that, hey, let's double down um, on the strategy we have because you know, if you chase it, if you chase the bus, you may never catch it. But if you wait at the bus stop, the, the bus will come. <laughs> <The next bus. laughs> so that's that's sort of the the, the crux of, of, of what I do. And and you know, within the financial planning space, as opposed to the portfolio management, there's even more bunk around that in terms of you know, people run these Monte Carlo simulators. You go to a fancy place, and you know, they have this huge oak table or whatever, and mahogany everywhere, and leather bound books, as Ron Burgundy would say. And, uh, and, and fricking, they run a, a Monte Carlo simulation for you that gives you this beautiful graphical interface. So oh, you have a 92% chance of meeting your retirement goals. Really? How did you arrive at that? Uh, well, <laughs> I put in the inflation rate and I put in the annual compound. It's like, you just, you just totally gamed that. Um, and yet the simple graphic, um, instills confidence in the, in the consumer. And that's tragic to me. And, uh, and it's kind of one of the reasons I left my previous firm is that they, 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 they plugged in whatever, whatever gave a plus 90 score, these financial planners. And <laughs> I thought it was just the dirtiest, dirtiest thing. And, uh, and so I, I, I don't, uh, I don't do that stuff, but I, you know, I, I focus more on tax and, and investment management. And so, so it seems like we're, we've, We've been in a huge transition area where where the rules of the game for the last year since the probably the pandemic have have shifted because like to me you know as a non expert not even like like kind of just casually interested in this stuff it seems like everything's like gone haywire since two thousand eight because you know like two thousand eight you you had a huge government injection both in China and the United States and Europe Which and everywhere permanent government policy. Yeah, which is now like the, there, there is no separation between corporation and state, um, and so that must be playing some sort of crazy, crazy thing that is unknown because we've never done it before. Have we done it before? 
uh, it's it's never it's never manifested itself quite as uh, explicitly as as it has you know where, with yeah. Janet Yellen in the Treasury, you know mm-hmm. coming out of the Federal Reserve. Um, there's complete alignment now between the Treasury and, and the Fed, which they're supposed wow. to be completely different animals. Wow. And that that unholy alliance is really what I feel is going to lead. And this is just hey, this is my humble. This is my humble um, assertion or, or not even assertion, but I see it as a real existential risk that most people are not thinking about. And that is runaway inflation, because, mm. yes, um, everything's gone bonkers and people have tripled their money, quadrupled their money if they just rode the S&P since 08. Great. So then they ask, where's the inflation? Well, it's in your fucking assets, dude. Um, and 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 that 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 will trickle down a in a downturn, which is could be caused entirely just from the tipping point of of uh, you know some some cognitive. There's no there's that's the other thing. There's never a catalyst. I hate I hate when economists talk about oh you know yeah. uh, uh, people are people are taking profits Profit. and so the S and P was down. No, there's no catalyst. It just it's a complex adaptive system. So no. to judge what's going to happen in the future, if if and when we get a, a major recession, assets come home. What happens when assets come home and the person is, you know, four times richer than they need to be? Well, they go out and they buy stuff. And the more easy money we continue to pump into the system, you know, um, yeah, I, I don't want to talk too long on it, but it, it, it could very, very well lead to increased velocity of money, which is just the, the changing of hands, the transactions, the speed of transactions, which, you know, and that, that combined with the money supply, which if you looked at a chart of it, Stuart, the the money supply has uh, has gone up. I mean, just exponentially. exponentially. It's, it's sickening um, yeah. how much money is has, is now in the system. So that, I think those those items, uh, the confluence of those items, you know, uh, could, could really be dangerous. And and that's and, that's but these these wirehouses and these large uh, registered investment advisory firms with thousands of clients, most of which are bo- uh, elderly boomers. Um, they don't care. I mean, and the owners are elderly boomers themselves. So they're clipping their coupons and they're freaking sitting back, they're playing golf in New Zealand. Um, and they're run, running the same models, you know, um, and they don't care if they're driving the train off the cliff because they'll be done. Yeah. Well, and yeah, I saw something like the, and when the boomers took over, uh, they had like something like, you know, 60% of their, um, right. uh, of of the United States wealth and millennials have four percent. Uh, that's right. Um, that's right. And, uh, and, and, and then picture you just you picture X, Gen X is like you know a, a humble seventeen, but I'm like yeah. I'm looking at my older brother and I'm like screw you, man. You know you you got it easy. You know <laughs> yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah, so it's it's an uphill battle. There there will be you know there will be some some wealth passed down, but it's um it's it's so concentrated now and not even in the one percent everyone the trope is the one percent it's really the uh, the top 0.25 um uh, you know and that that that's where that's where all the wealth is sitting and that gets passed down um, generally to, to yeah to you know through because you know they got the best accountants and everything on staff and you know lawyers and whatnot so yeah it's a it's a tough and your your, your point about your point about the, the corporate side and uh just just money just money influencing uh politics i mean let's take vapes for example um jewel jewel pens now um you used to be able to get sort of a four pack not that i use the thing Mm. (laughs) uh but you used to be able to get a four pack of of these pods for 20 bucks now suddenly they're they're levying a 60 percent tax on the pods and so now it's something like you know 32 dollars 
And to to the vast majority of people, that's just going to be price prohibitive. I mean, it's that's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. It already was. And so that's a 60% tax. Cigarettes, I believe, are taxed at 37%. Hmm. Um, and they have more carcinogens, obviously, much more deadly um, from from the science that we know. Um, and I, I just, you know, that's just exhibit A, a small example of, of how money um, just completely drives and, and corrupts, you know. So, uh, yeah, it's a, t- a tough state of affairs. There. And so for for. Um... For, you know, because I view Bitcoin uh, and a, a few other cryptocurrencies as kind of a hedge against this. But are you in that? Do you, do you not buy into that narrative? What's, what's your, your take on it? I like, um, I like the um, ensemble approach to hedging. Mm-hmm. Um, and mm-hmm. I, think, I think you need to have a material position in Bitcoin, although I think it's overblown by yeah. some of the thought leaders uh-huh. in, in the Bitcoin space. Guys like Anthony Pompliano, who I love. Uh-huh um played played football at georgetown got to know him pretty well um he's now kind of a celebrity in the bitcoin space um and he he claims to hold you know 90 percent of his immense net worths in bitcoin um and uh but i I think the the real risks to it are are um they're not overplayed at all um you know the, the enemies of the state use bitcoin um, you know, China, China, you know, they claim it's all private companies harvesting, uh, and mining bitcoins. No, I mean, give me a break. It's, it's, it's the Chinese that want to convert yeah. to us dollars. I mean, that's, yeah. and we supply the dollars to the system and, 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 and it's the same with other enemies of the state. So I, I kind of think that there are long-term risks, although Congress, there is some bipartisan support for, there's a lot of Bitcoiners in Congress. Um, so it's, it's, I own, I own some, um, Mm. and, and I, I, um, I I promote it as, as a, a very viable asset Mm. for, for Mm. my clients. Um, what are, what are other ways to hedge? Um, Ethereum as well, uh, Mm. a much more flexible crypto in terms of its applications. Um, uh, so I'm not quite as bullish or constructive on, on Ethereum, but I think it belongs in, 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 in a, in a given portfolio. Uh, other, uh, other very effective hedges, just, you know, the, uh, the biblical one gold, um, you get just, and, and I, 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 I actually like, there's a particular ETF, uh, I won't name the name, um, uh. but you can actually accept physical delivery, um, at any point. Oh. So, um, you know, if you have a sufficient, uh, if you're comfortable holding it in your home, um, hey, the government has uh, outlawed it in the past, and it'd be yeah. a lot easier to outlaw the ETFs than uh, the, you know, going and getting the physical. Um, so if you really believe in the existential risk of runaway inflation, you, you should have some physical gold, you should have the ETF, you should have yeah. silver, you should have platinum, you should have uh, agriculture, um, which yeah, is hard, harder to tap into um, on, yeah. on the securities market, but you can buy something like LAND, which is a, a, a particular company that um, is based in, I believe, in Florida. They, they grow tangerines and oranges and stuff like that. Um, and there's now the creatively named uh, Moo, M-O-O. Um, and, uh, you know, there's there's other agriculture ETFs that, and, and uh, weed. Uh, I believe cannabis is actually a hedge against um, Huh. Maybe it maybe not so much inflation, although it, it it would certainly rise as a as a commodity and a useful um, a useful way of dealing with a inflationary environment for the uh-huh. common person. 
Um, I, I think cannabis has tremendous, uh, tremendous tailwinds behind it. I've been riding, I've been riding this multi-state operator um, ETF uh, just to be uh, upfront about that. Um, you know, this MSOS ETF, um, it's basically the biggest players on the Toronto exchange and the, in, in the U S and it's just the biggest, you know, um, economies of scale kind of operators. Um, one of my best friends who I interviewed on my podcast, Mike Cardozo, um, sold his firm to green thumb industries there in that ETF. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's, 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 it's been going bananas. It's been, there's been a pullback recently and I've added a ton more. Because I just think, hey, we're going to need that tax revenue, man. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, you know, every municipality mm-hmm. is going to be just dying for tax revenue, and mm-hmm. uh, and, and if, if if we think that the 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 old Reagan war against drugs legacy is going to keep us from getting that paper, uh, people are mm-hmm. sorely mistaken. There's going to be a nationalized, unified, you know, wall on that stuff very soon. So, Interesting. yeah, those are some hedges. Um, you know, yeah. tip, you know, treasury. Uh, uh, you know, tips uh, as well, but uh, to a lesser degree. Anyway, it's uh, it, it, it's an ensemble. You know, you can't you can't can't make a. It's it's these concentrated bets that 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 drove me away from my previous companies. Oh, stocks and bonds. Well, hey, what about what about um in the uh, in the seventies when a when a sixty percent stock, forty percent bond portfolio would have dropped what sixty percent. Um, mm-hmm. How do I deal with a sixty percent loss? <laughs> wow. You know, uh, it's uh, it's comical that they would do that, and it's, it's, it's frankly, it's uh, it's immoral. So yeah. that's my view. And uh, sorry, sorry for the the rant. You you know, if you, once you talk econ, man, you, you team me up for. Uh, <laughs> for that's no, great. I've been... uh, I'm gonna jump right off that soapbox for you. Um, but uh, but yeah, man. Hey, yeah, I I don't I want to be respectful of your time, and I mean, unless you got some strong, strong feelings, uh, uh, on, on any, any conclusions that we failed to fail to hit on. No, I think, I think that, that, that goes, uh, goes well unless you have something to say, but, uh, yeah, I think, uh, I think we covered a lot and would love to do it again soon. Yeah. I, I would say one, one more thing, if you don't mind, um, just, just in, uh, really, really digging into Sapolsky again, prior to talking to you, um, I, I found that, uh, some of these, some of these some of these kind of conditioning, um, the results of, of, of implicit um, exogenous factors that have sort of implicit, implicit sensorious uh, power, um, like, you know, pictures of eyes, uh, you know, if you, you post them near a bus stop, it reduces littering. Uh, you know, you, you, post, you post it in the break room, um, as, as he was talking about, and uh and people people pay the honor code tax um you know at a greater rate um and you put a you put a little image of eyes at the top of a a computer game and and people act more charitably in if it's an economic game um and i i found that to be really interesting that just the eye the human eyes have have so much uh, again just implicit sensorious power um and I also found it interesting his discussion. It's a little, it's a little bleak, but the whole idea of displacement aggression um, and the tragic, the tragic truth. Sam Harris talks about this too. Um, you know, you, let's say a, an executive. He's not quite, you know, CEO, but he's he's a boss. Um, he gets chewed out by by, by the big man you know, at the company, 
and and then he goes over to his desk and he, he yells at an uh, at an underling for some something the guy didn't even do or the gal didn't even do and just humiliates him. He actually feels a tremendous cathartic uh, experience from that, and uh, it's actually so that's why. That's why uh, I think the passage is called "Why Zebras Don't Get Ulcers," but, uh-huh. but portfolio managers do. Um, and it's it's just it's this displacement aggression is actually beneficial to the one displacing. Um, so I don't know. There's there's just a lot of interesting yeah. points in well, there. That, I would say you know it's beneficial to them in the short. Run, uh, yeah, the short, term, short, short. Yeah, the medium to long term. Uh, I think I do believe I do fall under the camp that what we do to others essentially comes right back to us at some point. Um, yeah, I, I'm certainly I'm certainly not a proponent of of, of said behavior, and I'll, I'll take the ulcer <laughs> all day. Yeah. Well, but, and, know, but even the, even the ulcer, even the ulcer, I think it's like a it's like a manifestation in the body of repressed emotion, and you don't have you can be angry without repressing it and without attacking people. And I think the repression of it and turning it into an ulcer is the problem, not the, right. um, yeah, that's right. That's right. That's right. And I, I think, and I think maybe, maybe just to, to give a, a uh, half baked uh, bit of advice to anybody who's, who feels they're getting abused at work or whatever. Um, you know, my, my previous boss was a complete hothead um, and would just scream at people. And, uh, I'm sort of a fight or flight guy. I mean, I played football in college and, you know, I, I, I enjoyed the violence, but um, I'm very conflict averse socially. Um, but man, there were times when I just, he almost slipped that switch, man. I'm glad he didn't. But uh, I, I, after he would kind of yell at me for something unjust, God go into the break room and I do like, I do a power stance and I put a pencil between my teeth. And this is right out of Spolsky too. You know, your, your body gives signals back that increase your testosterone, suppress your cortisol. And that's, that's what the ulcers kind of, you know, come from. So I, you offset some of that by, you know, going into the bathroom, looking at yourself in the mirror, do a power stance. Remember you're a boss, you have agency. Um, we said it here, you know, we solved the, we cracked it here. You have, you have free will. Free will. So freaking, uh, you know, self-actualize baby. Yeah. Yeah. Well, hey, well, that was Stuart, I, as always, man, uh, absolute pleasure. And uh, I, I hope we, we can do it again soon. Yeah, let's do it again. All right, man. Uh, you have a good yeah, one. And if anybody wants to listen to my podcast, it's called Crazy Wisdom. You can iTunes, Spotify, anything like that. Um, and and then, absolutely uh, subscribe to that. Absolutely subscribe. And mine, mine is uh, Choosing Courage Over Convention. Um, and subscribe to Stuart's first. <laughs> Thank you, buddy. <laughs> Talk soon. <laughs>